like, dude, these people whining about safety. It's like, dude, we're riding for 200 miles in the heat. Like this thing that we're doing is already not safe. Like take a little bit of risk. Won't you? Or if you don't want to take the risk, then don't take the risk. But like, it's not even that risky. So I, I thought it would be cool to bring Logan on because Adam, you just sent us a picture of your Franken bike, AKA the drop bar mountain bike that you just built up. I don't know what yep. frame that is. It looks, it looks like some China metal thing or whatever. Um, but Logan is doing that setup for the unbound XL. He's doing the drop bar mountain bike. Okay. Sick. How'd, how long have you been trying it out? I'd say since the winter. <clears throat> there was a couple of races near me. I'm in Massachusetts, so it's like pretty gnarly, snowy, crappy conditions. Okay. So it actually shined really well in that stuff and like the gravel races that were like slushy snow just because it stayed on top of everything. When it came to like road sections, obviously it's not quite as quick, but surprisingly it's still hung in the pack for like a 60 mile gravel race. It wasn't like I got dropped. The the bike wasn't the reason why I didn't win, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 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 So I, I've only ridden mine once. Like I, I literally got it. It it finished getting assembled. Adam cut out out there. (laughs) Really? My back? No, you're back. You're here now. Okay. Welcome to hotel (laughs) Wi-Fi. Where are you right now? I'm in Chicago for work. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I, I, I only have one ride on my, on my new bike. So I don't, <clears throat> I don't have a ton of like anecdote to compare to, but it like definitely doesn't, it doesn't feel like a gravel bike. I will definitely say that. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't change anything with the geometry. You still have like a normal mountain bike fork on it. Yeah. It's a standard like hundred mil, Sid SL fork. It's a specialized chisel frame. Oh, okay. Um, and it's got like a 70 degree head tube angle, which is like, I thought it was like pretty appropriate. Yeah. It's not like modern, yeah. super modern, slacked. Yeah, I gotta bike. say, man, a, um, a hardtail mountain bike with drop bars does feel a little bit weird when you first get on it. Yeah, I think like... You know, just like the like the the trail settings are so much different than a normal drop bar, and then you don't have the leverage of the wide bars. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think in time I'll get used to it, and that's I, I'm hoping so at least. Did you? But, uh, up, did you yeah, end up putting a short stem on it too to kind of compensate for the reach of the bars? You know, I so, had to do that. Yeah, I thought I would have to. Um, it's got a 75 mil stem on it right now. And I'm actually thinking about even lengthening it because it, it actually seems like I've got a little more reach to work with. Oh yeah. So I kind of got away with it. That that's, I, I have another hardtail that's like a much nicer hardtail. It's like the S works Epic hardtail. And I thought about converting that over, but the reach is like quite a bit longer than this frame. This frame, like the reach was a little bit closer to my gravel geo, so I went with that, um, 
And yeah, so far, like it's the fit is like pretty, pretty dialed actually. It's like really close. I, I'm, I've got like a super negative drop stem coming cause it's like sits a little too high for my liking still. I think that's what feels most different from my gravel bike. Cause I feel like I'm just like perched way up in the air. Yeah. Does it but feel it's, like you can send it? <laughs> oh dude, totally. <laughs> yeah. You definitely like, like big rocks. Like you don't even feel like you have to worry about it. And that's like, I mean, that's like the benefit of a mountain bike is just, yeah, it's like a monster truck. So, so yeah. So if y'all get to a chunky section during the race, that's when you got to attack. I don't know if there's attacking in the 350, but there's like <laughs> sneaky attacking where you just pedal slightly harder than just, the other people. Just skip the, yeah. just skip the, uh, dude, I was talking about this yesterday. I think if I was to do the 350, um, I would just, I would just bring enough water so that I didn't have to stop at any of the gas stations. We figured that out. That's 20 liters, AKA like 50 pounds of water. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. That sounds ill-advised. You'd need, like, a trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one of those kids. They're like, someone's doing it with a kid. This is Dylan and his water. <laughs> Dylan's got a kegerator of water or flow in the back. Yeah. His next arrow video is going to include, like, a bob trailer on the back <laughs> for the XL. Yo, but there's ice. How many... Gas station stops are there in the XL. There's actually a ton this year. Yeah, there's five. That's like that. That's like more stops. Like that. That's shorter intervals than in the regular 200. It seems like. Yeah, and my buddy sent me like he broke it all down. So last night I was like kind of figuring out where I'm gonna stop. Yada yada. And there's one like 20 miles or 30 miles from the line, and I'm like. If you got to stop with 20 miles to go, I don't know, man. Like, but who knows? Like 20 hours in, I might be in dire straits, like needing a roller dog or something. You mean you've never been so <laughs> yeah. cracked on a ride that you stop like 10 minutes from your house because you can't make it? Because <laughs> I might be the only one that's been there before. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I've limped it in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I called Nina when I was like 30 minutes from my house <laughs> for her to pick me up. Yeah. Yeah, dire straits. So, is the is the Unbound XL like gaining traction and its like notoriety? I think so. This year, I don't pay attention to like who's coming or anything because I really don't care, and it's one less thing to worry about. But it seems like it's much more of a stacked up field from what other Dude, people are saying. Ted, <laughs> Ted King is doing it. Ted King's doing the XL this year. He just said he doesn't want to know who's in it, dude. Oh, well, I do I do know who is, but I could care less that they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's, I'm cool with that anyway. How do you feel about Chris Melman, huh? Ooh, that'll be head-to-head. We'll be throwing zingers at each other. Come down to a sprint finish, huh? Yep. It's got to yeah, be. I feel like in the past, like, the XL was just this, like, weird thing that weird people did when no one else was paying attention and they just like happened to finish around the same what time. What are you trying to say about Logan right now? No, I'm weird. I get it. <laughs> I'm saying now, it's past. now in the current present, it seems like it's like more people are talking about the XL than I've ever seen before. Yeah. Well, what I think a big part of that is too, is the XL 
is a lot more chiller of a pace. It's a lot more of an adventure. And isn't that kind of like the whole rhyme and reason behind gravel in the first place? So I think a lot more of the people who are doing the XL are like back to the roots of it in a weird sense. Um, versus like the 200 has become such a gnarly road race now. Well, I say road race, but like it's on full gas it's yeah. not the adventure gravel race that it used to be. It's more just like hardcore the whole time. It's like roadie tactics. Yeah. And then the XL, you get a lot of bang for your buck. If you're going to drive to the middle of the country, uh, you get a full day's worth of riding in. Yeah, literally 20, 24 hours if it takes you that long. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take? I don't know. Because it, it all really depends on like, Weather is a huge factor because, like, in all these long races, you don't know whether it's going to rain on you or the people behind you. If there's, like, a half-hour separation, someone missed the storm, someone beat the storm. And that can change, like, just how things flow. Um, Or if it's, like, pack riding, too. Like, you get six dudes who work really well together versus everyone just all strung out, slogging along. That can change the course of things big time. Um that's why I'm kind of hoping that bike too, if it's like super chunky, I'll just twist a little bit of the screws and that stuff and hopefully just like walk away from people where most people have to like kind of slow down a little bit or run the risk of flatting or might not be as confident in it, especially like you load a bike up too, it handles a little different on that stuff. Yeah. Are you running uh, like a suspension fork and mountain bike tires on it? Yeah, so I actually got a Fox 3200 mil fork that like I used to race with. It was just kicking around and it's the perfect fork for it. Like it fits the bike fine. When I had regular bars on it, it was perfect. But I do have the remote lockout on it, which is okay. Sick. Dude, so he's got the remote lockout on his aero bars. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty sweet. Got aero it's, bars. Uh, it's a it's a slick cockpit like it's set up so I can be in the aero bars and that fork will eat a lot of the chunk. So it's not like you're in the aero bars and you hit a pothole and you feel like you're going to die. Uh, yeah. But then again, like let's say you got tar coming or something that you want to, or like a hill that you kind of want to just like sprint up in a sense, you can flip it while still in the aero bars. It's like a pretty efficient spot. And I had a hard time finding a mount that would go on like road bars. Uh, yeah, so mm. that was that was part of it too, but I don't know. And then for the tires, I'm running the Conti Race Kings, which is probably mm. controversial for out here, but it's a fast tire. It's not controversial. Is it? That's a good controversial because like they're they're not as puncture resistant. Yeah, I'd say that. But if there's some mountain bike tires, the mountain bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So puncture resistant compared to what you know, and right. then. Uh, it's a 2.2, which what? That's a 65 if you do the old conversion. Yeah. So I'd be running at least a 50 anyway. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it's 55. But anyways. Yeah. Dude, I've already had the what tires are you running conversation a couple times. And it's not even – it's like Wednesday right now. <laughs> or no, it's Thursday morning. <laughs> you just got yeah. here yesterday. Specialized? <laughs> did Specialized deliver your check to you uh, already for? Uh, no, dude. <laughs> spraying their, selling their tires for them. 
I wish, man. They should. Uh, <laughs> they sent them a cease and desist. <laughs> um, yeah, some dude was like, I'm going to run some, I don't know what he said, So like terrorist speed 40s, and I'm like, bad idea. Run the, run the Specialized Pathfinder Pros, and he's like, He's like, do they sell those here? And I was like, I don't know, man, but that's what you, that was what you should run. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so do we have, uh, do we have predictions for this weekend? What do you guys think is going to happen? Man, I was just looking at the start list for the, at least for the 200. I hadn't pulled up the 350 yet. And there's some, I mean, uh, you know, got some like interesting names in here, like, uh, I saw Julian Absalon a second ago. Whoa. What? Uh, Dang. Yeah. I wonder if he's still fit. <laughs> Dude, I don't think that guy. Is he a mountain biker? Bro, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a mountain biker? <laughs> he's done some stuff. Uh, I think he's most notably known to be have been Pauline's uh, boyfriend slash coach. At, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah man there's some there's some names in here that i don't know beyond just the you know you lifetime folks that like to make it all about you so mm. yeah so who, who else you're leaving um, us with, you know i, don't I think know. uh jan bakalans is doing it yeah Jan. that was the other one. guy now yeah. um i don't know i haven't looked at the full start list yeah dude there's like 135 people in here brent bookwalter He's a guy that is Brent Bookwalter did it last year too, actually. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a, he should be like a linebacker for a football team. Bro, you don't know Brent Bookwalter? No. <laughs> Ohio State University. <laughs> like one of those names. Yeah. 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 Uh, Connor Dunn um, is in here. You know, big, tall, former roadie. Uh, the GCN guy? Yeah. I oh, think. All right. I think that's him. Sick. Battle of the YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Vegan Cyclist is doing the doing the XL this year. I guess he did the XL oh, last year, too. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Is, is JB doing it, too? I don't know. What race is JB doing? Well, Dylan and I have been talking. We're like, where's JB been? Uh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't even know if he's racing. I'm assuming he's going to do the hundred. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Yeah. Guys, I just saw. Maybe he's going to do all of them. That's going to be his impossible route. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Listed on here, bib number 203, enemy of Dillman. Mark Miles is signed up. Oh, snap, dude. But yeah. Yeah, I should be there. I don't know what uh, you guys are actually doing. It was your predictions. Um, I mean, if I don't know if Keegan doesn't have a mechanical, like he's got to be the favorite. Am I wrong about that? Nah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, and probably, and then like on the women's side, I would say it's either Sophia or Lauren DiVincenzo. You do you think that? Because Keegan was so dominant last year that the Dutch Mafia and others are just going to, like, ride against him, essentially? Um, pro- I mean, yeah. If they were smart, they'd probably have some tactic like that. But 
you know, remember, Ivar Slick did beat Keegan last year at Unbound, so um, they're probably not as scared of him as we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it'll be, I mean, I think that particular, you know, it's so hard to say because you look on paper and all of those, you know, at least on on the men's side, you know, all of those, anybody could win it. And, you know, there's like 20 guys that could have a, a standout day and just got to ride away with it. But I mean, yeah, over 200 miles and I don't know what the weather's well, supposed to the, be like, but yeah, the thing about unbound is like, there's, it's kind of like Perry Roubaix in that me- mechanicals are super common. So any super strong rider that you see in the field that you're like, Oh man, they could definitely win it. They could have a, you know, catastrophic mechanicals and not even finish. That's totally a possibility. Um, Can we, we just talk about the fact that like Keegan has gone like two years basically without a single mechanical. That is true, man. Has he? Like even it, had, has he even had a flat tire? No. Yeah. So those tannins. The, the, <laughs> the last like mechanical that I remember him having was. I want to say like Bentonville two years ago when he like crashed and broke his shifter or something, but still won the race. Oh, yeah. yeah, that wasn't even a mechanical. He just cra- oh no, you're right. He did break a shifter in that. He was just running tram. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like all these races. I feel like going into all these races, it's like yeah, you know, it's anything can happen out there. You know, like you know, flat tires, mechanicals are pretty common. But, like, dude's just snaked by every single stage of the Lifetime Grand Prix so far without a single, like, blip. Yeah. I mean, I think that he run he, (laughs) – he's pretty conservative with his tire setups. Like, he goes goes for inserts at every race. He goes for, you know, he goes for the more puncture-resistant tires. Like, he even had – you know how Maxis came out with that brand-new casing – he didn't even run that tire in the rear at Sea Otter, which like see like you're not going to flat at Sea Otter. If you're flatting at Sea Otter, you're doing something wrong. Just doesn't want to. Just but yeah, good sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like he's not willing to take any risks with mechanics. He's been running those those Aspen ST though ST tires though. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if the casing's any different on those. I thought those were 170 TPI, but maybe not. I think so. I could be wrong about this because I'm not a Max's sponsored athlete and I don't have the inside scoop. But I think they make those in both 170 and 120 TPI. Okay, so he's probably running the the beefier ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Should be interesting for sure. Do you think tire liners are like a big thing out here to have? Like the whole run flat thing. Everyone's always talking about like, Oh, I can run flat. It's like, why not just throw a tube in it at that point? Like how many miles are you going to run flat on? Yeah. It is going to be really slow. If you could do that, dude, if you're at that, yeah. if you're at that last gas station with 20 miles to go in the three fifty, like I'd run flat the rest <laughs> of the way home. <laughs> That'd be a slow 20 miles. Dude, I don't think my hands would work after that many, after 330 yeah. miles. So, Tyler, I don't know if you were on the podcast where we were talking about the Tannis inserts that hug the inside of the tire. Mm. No. Were you? 
Okay, so those, it's like you're riding on foam. Mm-hmm. So there's the tubeless Tannis insert that's that's just like a normal insert, and then there's the Tannis insert that hugs the inside of the, it's like right on the, the inside of the tire so that you're, instead of riding on air, you're riding on foam, basically. There is a tube in it, but you know what I'm talking about? It's hard to explain. No, if you just look up a picture of it, it it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look it up here. It pretty much goes rim, tube, liner, tire. Yeah, so it's like a half inch of foam that you're riding on. Anyway, so I bought those after I got a bunch of flats at Unbound two years ago, and I was thinking about using them. And Tannis even claims that they're they improve rolling resistance, which is the most blatant marketing lie I've ever seen a cycling company make <laughs> because I tested them and they were way slower. And I, I calculated that if you were to run those inserts, you would probably go an hour slower at Unbound. Yeah, but it improves rolling resistance over riding on the rim. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it does, man. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess the I guess the I guess the caveat there is like improves rolling resistance over what like walking? <laughs> yeah, wooden tires. <laughs> I see. So this is yeah. like a it's like an inner tube wrapped in foam, essentially. Yeah, and I I I feel the need to call out Tannis every opportunity that I can. I know that I know that uh, Keegan is sponsored by Tannis, and so many people have sent me stories of Keegan setting up his tires with Tannis inserts and being like. Dude, Keegan's got Tannis in there. He's got the tubeless Tannis inserts, which are fine. The tubeless Tannis inserts are just like any other insert. Specifically, these ones that are foam liners for your tire, the fact that they claim that they improve rolling resistance, I, I've never seen such a blatant lie from a cycling company. It's it's <laughs> insane. I mean, it's not so much as a lie as just a misleading marketing statement, right? Because they don't say it, what it improves rolling resistance over. I mean, I guess, but I think the assumption is that it improves rolling resistance over not having it in there. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, who knows, maybe it does on like a downhill tire where the casing's not quite as supple. I, I, there's no way, man. <laughs> All right. Never, never mind. Dylan has spoken. <laughs> there's no, there's no way. Maybe it improves over having like literally cement in your tires instead of air. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to okay, fast so- forward ten years from now when you're in the waning years of your gravel career and like you're sponsored by Tannis and like Fuji, anything <laughs> like that. Like Huffy is <laughs> your sponsor. Yeah. Dude, I think I've probably, at this point, the amount of times that I've talked shit about their inserts on this podcast, I think that that bridge is fully burned. I mean, I run the regular liner and seem to like it, but like Dylan said, it's kind of like every other liner. Yeah, not a bad idea. So let's let's go back to talking about the race. So <laughs> last, last year, Dylan, you, you did your, like... Crazy pacing strategy, which is not crazy at all. You just like basically tried to ride the same exact speed the entire race. Mm-hmm. Do you? Do you? Yeah, do you Logan have any? Was, Logan was actually part of that strategy last year. He was like one of the dudes I recruited. Oh, really? He didn't last very long. He yeah. lasted like an hour. <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah. And he dropped the ass. 
Yeah, Dylan just rode away. Dude, I was like, Boswell had like a mechanical or something, oh. and he was like stopping to help Boswell. Was, and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? That's the competition, and also we can't stop. I was just being friendly, God and then, forbid. And Dylan's like, no, don't stop. I'm like, <laughs> all right, never mind. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then some dude yelled at us, and he's like, because I, I was like, what are you doing? And then some dude yelled at us and he was like, he's just being realistic about his finishing place or something like that. I was like, what? Yeah, I cut deep. <laughs> he's not going to win anyways. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do either of you have plans to drop yourself again this year or? No. Okay. I'm not doing that. There's, there's two reasons for that. One is that, is that they are not allowing arrow bars and that, strategy is super the arrow bars are super helpful for that strategy obviously and then also they're separating the pro field and the amateur field so when you go constant speed without arrow bars doesn't he doesn't know how to ride without arrow bars that's (laughs) gonna be the true show this weekend yeah um and then the other thing is like with them separating the pro and the amateur field when you get dropped like release like five miles into the race, you're getting dropped into nothing, right? You're getting dropped into no man's land. So, mm. yeah. How, how, uh, how many, how many riders are starting in the pro field? That's like separated. I don't know. I think Tyler just said what? 150 or something for the elite men. There is 135 registered. All right, and the and the does the grand do the grand prix riders get their own start or is this like uh, just the no okay no no that'd be wild if the grand prix riders started like five minutes ahead of the rest of the elite yeah that would that would be dumb (laughs) you just see this like they would get caught for sure (laughs) would they though I mean maybe not the leaders but yeah many of them no that's what i'm saying it would turn into a race between like the lead pack of the grand prix and the lead pack of the rest of the elite yeah maybe Adam i wonder if a non-lifetime grand prix alliance will form out there <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's what the dutch mafia is right <laughs> yeah it's bigger than that yeah I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Although I think that I think that last year there were more salty people who didn't get into the Grand Prix, and this year, at least at least out of the U.S. riders, every rider that deserves to be in the and I say every rider. I'm sure there's a rider that got snubbed that somebody's going to call me out on, but I feel like every rider that deserved to be in the Grand Prix got champion. Who? I said a reigning cyclocross national champion. See, you already called me out. I remember. <laughs> I <already laughs> didn't <up>. take long. <laughs> yeah, fair. no, you should definitely be. Here. To be fair, is he here? He is he not way here. No, he's uh, uh, no. getting married this weekend. Uh, yeah. Not important. No. <laughs> um, to be fair, he was not. When was the application process? I don't think he was national champion at the time that he uh, oh. applied. Do you think he would have gotten in? That Curtis lifetime doesn't even believe in you. We we believed in you. We knew you were going to be. Do you think he would have gotten in had he been current cyclocross national champion, or do you think lifetime just doesn't give a rip about cyclocross at all? I mean, Eric Bruner got in, and he was national champion last year. So, mm-hmm. Kerry got in. Kerry Warner. That's right. That's right. True, but he and done a lot of BWR races that last that year. True. What speaking of Bruner, where is that dude at? Is he here? 
He is listed on the start sheet. Um, I don't know. I don't think he was at Sea Otter, but I could be wrong. No, he skipped Sea Otter. I feel like he's like gone dark. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do that many races, but the races that he does do, he crushes it. He was my dark horse like favorite to upend Keegan potentially too. Hmm. Well, he's gonna need to do some races for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is kind of crazy that like it's already June and there's only been one lifetime event so far. It just feels like the season's so far into it and like the series hasn't even really gotten started. Well, this is what we were talking about earlier, right? Or a couple episodes back where it's like, why is the season, why is this series spread out over the course of like, I don't know, six months. Like it's so long. I, I forgot what even happened at sea otter besides the fact that Dylan <laughs> blew himself up. Um, but that's it, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and now we have unbound. And then what's, what's the next race? We got to wait another couple weeks or a month like another it's another month yeah maybe a little more crusher yeah Yeah, that's a long time but so you'd prefer them to be like what over the course of three months or four months i mean yeah just like make it uh like a cohesive storyline like i think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of series not just gravel but you know even in crits or in mountain biking you know sometimes at least like the mountain the professional uci season is over the course of like you know may through august or september and you can kind of follow along um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean having those having those events so spread out and granted they're at specific points in the calendar and i'm sure those dates are hard to change but um yeah it just it makes it a little bit more difficult i think to tell those stories and to follow along compared to yeah. something that was a little more compact um or at least like you know, two or three weeks in between, but mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, plus like it would, <clears throat> it would keep all the riders together. So like, you wouldn't have like riders that are like doing a lifetime event and then they're gone doing like a VWR and they're doing whatever, you know, random Huffmaster race, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like, if it was like, you know, if every week, if every race was two or three weeks spread out, that wouldn't really give a ton of, freedom to go do other races which i think would be fine because then it's like everything's focused on the series you get through the series and then if you do whatever you want the rest of the season um but i think it'd be a lot easier to track as like a a spectator and you could also then have like the bwr you know as like a secondary series that people could target and also for for some of these international riders it would you know like i listening to Ted's interview with Ivar, like the reason he didn't do the Grand Prix is just purely because of the travel, like, you know, flying mm-hmm. back and forth to the, the Netherlands. It's a lot, but if you could have someone that comes in for, you know, a period of four months or whatever, three or four months. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Matt Beers had to skip Sea Otter. He's skipping Leadville. He said, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that, that kind of sucks for him because that means he's got to, He's got to do super well at the other five races. Yeah, which is a tall order, especially when you're throwing like unbound and big sugar in there. High risk of mechanicals. Yeah. Do you think it like yeah. <clears throat> screws up the athletes too because it's stretching out their season a lot? Also, of like, yeah, I'm sure these aren't the only races they're trying to peak for. So it's like the season is so long that. 
it's almost like they're they're peaking, falling off a little bit, then they peak again, fall. It's like how many times can you ride that wave? Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, just look at look at what Keegan and Rust, Rusty did last year. Like it, immediately, the the morning after Big Sugar, they flew to Mexico for like a you know just <laughs> off the bike vacation. Like that's how much those guys were craving an off season. Yeah, it was like they couldn't they couldn't wait an extra day. It was like they had to just get out of here. I mean, and, and yeah, when you're training, you know, for for races from mid April through mid October, that's a super long season, especially with these long endurance events. Like that's a, that's a long time to keep that much fitness on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I don't. They would do that though because Lifetime has built this series around a series of events that they already owned and, and put on, you know, so it's not like they just came up with the schedule. It was like, they just linked together all these events. So I, you know, that, that would require them to completely rearrange their, their entire fleet of, of events. And I don't know that they would do that. Yeah, unless they, not unless they start acquiring more events, right? Unless they, you know, yeah, the first race is at Sea Otter, but if they acquire some event that happens in August, then they could be like, meh, sorry, Sea Otter, like, you're not going to be a part of the series this year. We're going to go, you know, and have a more condensed season. That's July through October or something like that. So another really tame mountain bike race somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Mountain bike race. Yeah. Or even, even like block it, you know, like do like the first half, you know, four events in the first, like, you know, six weeks and then take like two months off and then do another second block or something like that. Even something like that might be easier, but yeah, it just seems like, especially this gap between sea otter it's in like sea otter it's a huge event in itself but it doesn't bring a ton of attraction as far as like the race goes like it just it just doesn't have the notoriety of like unbound or leadville or um crusher even or something like that so like to have that as like your opening event and then like almost two months later is unbound it just seems a little anticlimactic yeah but um it, it is kind of sick to see what unbound has turned into it's like it kind of it kind of has the vibe of like the tour of gravel where like companies are releasing products like based around like unbound there's like unbound specific products everyone's like testing new equipment there's like a ton of hype about like you know what's going to happen in the race and they're talking about like the fact that yeah aero bars aren't part of the scene this year so how is that going to affect the tactics and strategy and there all these wonky positions that people are showing up with? Like there's so much buzz around it that it kind of has this like, Hey, this is the tour for gravel. Yeah. I, w- I would say that probably a better analogy is it's like Perry Roubaix because hmm. Perry Roubaix is one day and there's all this yeah. specialty equipment for Perry Roubaix and you know, people make a huge deal about Perry Roubaix too. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah. I would like it's I I think it's the US gravel equivalent of Perry Roubaix in my mind. Yeah. Um Do you think other- with with the with the nixing of the aero bars, do you think it's gonna be safer or no. actually more, more dangerous now? Dude, no, it's not gonna be safer because what dudes are gonna be doing is they're gonna be doing the puppy paws position. So Dylan right. says he's going to be doing the puppy pause. Oh, I for sure will be. Yeah. 
and I'm not going to be safer because of it, but I kind of don't care at all that it's like, dude, these people whining about safety. It's like, dude, we're riding for 200 miles in the heat. Like this thing that we're doing is already not safe. Like take a little bit of risk. Won't you? Or if you don't want to take the risk, then don't take the risk. But like, it's not even that risky. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like anyone using the arrow bars at this caliber knows how to use them anyway. You know, especially since they did separate the pro field from the amateurs, it would make it safer with the arrow bars, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked, at length about that. I don't think we need to go into Aerobar <laughs> for the 300th time on this podcast, but so I like Carrie, Carrie's got like those bars that have like a, that little like extension up front, like mm-hmm. something like that is fine. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that the rule states that you can't clamp anything to your bar. So Dude, like that technically there was like integrated. Yeah. In, like, integrated bar like bar ends a fully integrated arrow bar like nothing is clamped it's just all one piece yeah i don't yeah i don't know if that would be a loophole or what dylan gets kicked out for having his garmin bolted to the front of his (laughs) (laughs) handlebar yeah it's got a broomstick yeah (laughs) um yeah, I mean, I don't, so, you know, I don't know exactly what is considered an arrow bar and what is not considered an arrow bar. I, I, think, I think it's really funny that, like, they, they get rid of arrow bars, and now all of the buzz is around, like, who's got the most arrow position. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I thought we were trying to get away from that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they're not going to get away from it. It's like, you know, this is... Uh, what gravel racing has turned into. Yeah. So the other change that is interesting is for the first time ever, the women are going to have their own start. So basically since the start of unbound, or I don't know about the early days, but since I've been doing unbound, the women's strategy has always been get with a fast group of men in the first hour of the race and then like ride with that group to the finish or, you know, like, go from there, right? The The strategy is always get with a fast group of men in the start of the race. And now that's not going to be a strategy for them. Like they're going to have to do, you know, tactics within their own group of women. Like how do you think that's going to affect the women's race? I don't know. It can make it like super dynamic, right? I mean, because to your point, if the strategy is like whoever can hang in that front group for the longest, like it's already it's already probably just the women going super hard from the start. And I, I wonder if mm-hmm. it will almost play out the same way just without the, you know, the men to kind of tow you along essentially. Um, yeah, I do wonder, I, I mean, I don't know what like the rules are for this event or for the lifetime Grand Prix in general, but I wonder if there are some women that have teammates in like the amateur or like the open, I'll say mm. the open field that are like going to come up from behind. Right. I mean, it, it's inevitable that there's going to be some mixing of like, someone's going to find either a dropped rider from the elite field or someone coming up from the open yeah. amateur field. And like, right. it's going to be impossible to have that influence, but, um, I don't know. I've... Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the big controversy with Lauren DiCrescenzo. I don't know 
two years ago or something. Like she had cinch teammates helping her out, uh, male cinch teammates helping her out to win some of these races. And that was like, people were making a big stink about that. So, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if, any of the women are going to do yeah, explicit. Maybe not within the spirit of gravel, but like it's also not outside of the rules. Yeah. yeah. And I think as long as there's racing, there's going to be people looking to find the gray area or bend, you know, find the loopholes in the rules, right? Like, okay, well, you know, it doesn't say that you can't have, you know, teammates that just do a team time trial with you or something like that. So I don't know, maybe I, I, it, are there, is there any, like, are is there a certain place that's going to do coverage for of the women's race? Like, are there Instagram stories that we'll be able to follow along with? Do you know? Yeah, it'll probably be, I'm guessing on that same page that covers the women's races for BWR, mm-hmm. like the unbound on, on road. Or no, maybe that's, that's, I think that's, that's only just for BWR. BWR races. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there, there'll be, there'll be something for the women's coverage. I don't even know where the men's coverage or any of the race coverage is going to be. It's yeah. going to be all the influencers in the lead pack, just live uh, <laughs> Instagram live feeds yeah. for the whole race. Instead of <laughs> instead of uh, having neutralizing through the aid stop, we're going to neutralize for a uh, like a, a media <laughs> session real quick. You guys are going to have those yeah. little ring, those little, like uh, light ring light kind of things, all set up in front of cameras. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, there's going to be a bunch of cameras and like people interviewing us real quick. How are you feeling mid race? And then we're going to keep going. They hand yeah, you on it. the couch. <laughs> Everyone's sitting on the couch. <laughs> Dude, what chased- happened to the couch? I don't know. I've never seen the couch. That used to be a thing. I, I thought it was going to come back this year. Was it? I think they got rid of it during COVID, and then I saw something that also <laughs> the also posted. Yeah, they're going to bring it back this year. Huh, all right. Dude, the race is way too serious now to have a couch. Dude, you think... <laughs> Imagine someone smoking that couch. He, you like, think Keegan's going to stop at a freaking couch? <laughs> Depends on what mile it's at. That would just be like he's so far ahead, he stops, <laughs> kicks his feet up, takes a picture, <laughs> and then goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It would be Dude, cool I, to have. I will say it is kind of funny that like last year when, you know, it was like Keegan and Russ Russell, this is the, like their first year coming into it. And a few of the other guys like from the mountain bike side, like they were coming into unbound. And I remember they had like speakers on their bike and they were like, just talking how there's going to be like this long party ride and they were just going to eat all their snacks and stuff. And then granted, like it, it ended up being way more cutthroat last year than I think they even imagined it would be. But like this year, dude, there's like none of that. I feel like it's like, it's Dude, all work. Keegan no and Russell work. are out for blood, man. They are like, totally. they are fully intending to just fuck this race up, man. I well, watched, Adam, yeah. I think, I think to your point, that's what the 350 is now. Is like the people that were looking for that have now like went that direction instead. You don't yeah, even- I, I could see that. <clears throat> I can also see the gravel industry just completely dying when it takes 350 miles for people to actually just like. <laughs> chill on their bike <laughs> yeah. well even, it takes 350 miles or one of the distances less than 200 right because i feel yeah. like if you go down to the shorter distances it's also a party but yeah, the, yeah. the 200 and uh, granted the people who are just trying to finish the 200 it's probably still a party but the front of the 200 has is not a party whatsoever no it's, it's like i will Dude, I, 
And I want you to go out there at like 7 p.m. on Saturday and interview people afterwards and ask them if they had a party out there. Me? Because, yeah, if it if it's taking you 18, 15, 18 hours to finish, man, that's that's like not that. There's no way that's a party. That's like. Well, that's like the age old one. People are like, oh, I could never run a marathon or I could never ride 100 miles. It's like. Yeah, you could. We just do it in a timely fashion. <laughs> we just like that. That's the difference is we're not spending all day doing it. We're just doing no, it. No, it's way harder. Yeah, like to run a marathon in five hours. Like that's that sounds super hard. Like that. Like I'd rather do it in three hours, and then you have <laughs> two less hours of running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that's the <clears throat> big thing that people are like, "Oh, it will be a party." It's like it's a party if you make it, but if you're going in like. Let's see if I can finish. I don't know. Like, that's yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the what is the total like participant count? Is it like over two thousand or something like that? Right? It's got to be. Yeah, probably. Be. I don't know. Maybe it's three thousand, something like that. Wow. What's, what's thousand what's, people between friends? Right. <laughs> what's the What's the forecast looking like now? Uh, it's been scattered thunderstorms for like over a week. So here's the thing about scattered thunderstorms here um, is that you could have a completely dry race and then it just rains a little bit like once everyone's finished or it could be like last year where it torrentially downpours during the race and it turns into a mud race. You, a scattered thunderstorm forecast means you have no idea what the conditions are going to be while you're sitting on the starting line. So are you changing anything with your setup to account for that? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm going to run Max's refuse for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Got to go with the slippery boys. Yeah. (laughs) Can you, on the note, can you switch, can you switch wheels? Like it, once you get to one of your switch wheels, I think you have to keep the same frame, but you can switch everything else. Uh, Sick. Dude, that would be worth it. What if you just like swapped a new chain and like, yeah, but also these these aid station stops are turning into freaking like an F1 pit stop, man. It's like there's no waiting around. Hmm. I mean, yeah. So are, you nice to, are you running your your 47 Pathfinder still? Yeah, most likely. If if I if I think that it's going to be so muddy that mud clearance becomes an issue, I do have 42s with me and I will reluctantly put them on. How will you survive? I don't know, dude. Doing it like the pioneers used to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like a road tire. For Dylan, yeah. I mean, anything less than a 47 is like essentially like a like an old wagon. So you're right. <laughs> like a, a wooden wheel. Yeah. I would prefer it just poured the whole time. Like that's my style of like, let's make it, if it's going to be hard, let's make it really hard. Like, I think really hard actually is for it to not pour at all and for it to be baking hot. That's worse. Yeah. That's worse than pouring. Agreed. But some people just don't deal with mud well. And then like everyone's trying to run a super clever bike, but has no mud clearance. So that's another thing. It's like, well, how sick is your bike? If you get one rock in it and it just jams the tire up. (laughs) Well, Tyler just said 4,700 racers. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's 700? Like 4,000. 4,700. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. I was going to say, that's not 3,000. <laughs> We're way off. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. I mean, what is, like, if it does, if it does rain, is it, I have not ridden my bike in Kansas. I mean, is it, it's like actually it, going to be, so my- here's the thing about it is if it, if it's, if you're riding in the rain, it's not that bad. Cause like I rode in, we rode in the rain a lot last year. It's really not that bad. If you're riding in the rain, the worst combination is for it to rain and then stop raining so that the, especially it depends on what road you're hitting. Cause some of the roads are fine, but if it rains and then stops raining, then you could hit sections where it's not even peanut butter. It's, it's, like clay that sticks to your wheel Mm. and then your wheels don't even spin. Yeah. I think a big part of that too, is if it stays overcast or if the sun comes out and just bakes it, Mm because it kind of gets that like on the muddy roads, it will get the brownie effect. Like the good brownies, you get the chunk underneath and then the crispy (laughs) on top. So like that ends up happening. Is it like crusts the whole top of it? So you can't, I don't know. It, it wreaks havoc. So if it was like it rained and then stayed overcast, I think it would be better conditions than raining and then cooking it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's such a variety of like roads. It could, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of wanted it to be a real heater this year, just cause I feel like I'm very heat acclimated right now. Um, which it could still be hot. I mean, it's calling for temperatures in the mid eighties and mid eighties doesn't sound that hot, but when you're out there for 10 hours, mid eighties gets hot. Like you're getting dehydrated in mid eighties for sure. Um, but then again, if it starts pouring rain, it's not going to be mid eighties. It's going to be like low seventies. You guys start. So even the, even the temperature, even the temperature is totally dependent on what happens with the rain out there. Yeah. I guess wind will be another like undecided factor too. I really haven't looked into it, but the wind can get pretty gnarly out here. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad this year. Last time I looked, it was like five to 10 mile per hour winds, which was not bad at Kansas. See, that's another thing. Like if it's going to be windy, I want it to be really windy. No (laughs) no breeze or all the the worst. Well, dude, in the XL, you could get all the worst conditions. You could get steaming hot and then it pours rain and you get it all. That's why I'm doing it. I want the full experience. <laughs> Bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, yeah. How come you guys aren't out here? Yeah, what the heck? Dude, if I can still get into like the 25, I'll come up there and race that. <laughs> Dylan will pull some strings, flex his uh, insider scoop a little bit. I heard you rode with our boy, Carrie. Yeah, I did. Laid the wood on him the last couple of days, so he's coming in <laughs> real tired. Laid the wood on him? Uh, yeah, man. He, it's, uh, we, rode, we rode the last two days um, for a bit, so he's just passing, passing through. And yeah. yeah, man, I think he, might, I think he might, be a, might be a dark horse. I say that not just because he's uh, a friend of mine, but also, uh, yeah. you know, he's been putting in, putting in the time, so... Yeah, yeah. Carrie. This, yeah, he's a super savvy racer too. Like he's he 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 understands like how to read races super well and play tactics well, and he's like technically very good. If it gets yeah. muddy, like that would favor him. Like <clears throat> I think that's I think that's a good pick. 
Yeah, he was chatting. Yeah. He was. I think he too is hoping for rain and just like, you know, <laughs> a, a nasty day that will just suit his conditions uh, or his like skill set. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. If it if it rains though, it's not really like riding a cyclocross race, man. It's it's more like riding a, I don't know. You just got to get mud out of your bike. Mm. unless it's it's raining during if you're riding in the rain it's it's not that different but if it like i said if it rains and then dries it's i don't know of any cyclocross race where like midway through the race you just gotta like stop and freaking scrape mud off of your tires for 10 minutes it's called a bike change (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's because we have pits and we carry our bikes (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess another thing about that too is if it rains, you're not really drafting quite like you would. Like it definitely gets spread out because you're just getting peppered by mm-hmm. whatever someone's kicking up in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be turn the race more into an individual sport rather than like, yeah, you can still stay in the group and everything like that. But it does like kind of those little marginal gains kind of get a little grayer. Yeah. So, I think you also get people that just shut down in the rain, right? Like, I remember like doing road races and it would just like be pouring rain on the start line and like half the field is already checked out. So I'm sure it's probably the same. Are they from Cali or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, people just have, or even in the cross races, like people just have like a mental, like, oh man, they don't want to deal with it or it just kind of bums them out. So, I mean, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of psychology that goes into racing and riding in the rain. So Well, that's kind of the thing also, like a lot of riders don't, I enjoy riding for 10 hours, but a lot of people don't. And then when you add rain into that too, they're like, why do I want to do this race? They'll be five hours in and like, nah, I'm, I'm good with this. Like don't need to do it. So, although I got to say there were not nearly as many DQs in the pro field last year when it was pouring rain than the year before when it was hot. The year before when it was hot, the the field was stacked, and half of those pros didn't even finish the race. Yeah, the sun out here just kind of microwaves you. And you see a tree, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to hit that shade. And then you totally go the opposite direction of it. (laughs) It's horrible. It's just like desert mirages just in the middle of Kansas. I mean, yeah. Um, And it's like the same, it's the same scenery the whole time. And it just plays with you mentally, you know? (laughs) Nice. So should we, should we hit one listener question or questions and then, okay. So, so we got some questions from our guy playing bikes. He's, he's the one that always sends like rapid fire questions. So we'll just, we'll just power through his questions here and then we'll call it. Sounds good. Um, he says, I'm building my Kerry Warner trolling gear for the Unbound Expo. I'm making the arrow I'm making the arrow camera helmet mount. Might even put a fender on it for downforce. What else should I incorporate? Should I wear a name tag that says Kenny and tell people that I'm his stunt double? And then he sends a picture. Here I'll show it to you. It's uh he put like a fairing on the back of, of a GoPro. Yeah, dude. That's it. <laughs> Which is actually kind of legit. Um, he could throw a Sherm sticker on it. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He could wear some 
really dorky tall socks. <laughs> uh, look who's look who's calling the kettle black. <laughs> yeah. hey, Dylan, Dylan, if you uh, if you see Carrie, you'll have to ask him about the socks. Uh, oh, I did. I yeah. did ask him about it. Yeah. Are you so are you last running, week? Are you running socks on the front week? of your fork now? Am I running socks on the front of my fork? Yeah, dude. For arrow oh. means. Honestly, you probably just invented a million dollar idea right there. Dylan's head's like gears. You know what I'm going to do because they're making such a big, they're making such a big deal about the number plate thing this year. Like you have to have your number plate flat on the front of your bike. I'm just going to stuff that number plate in a sock in an arrow sock. (laughs) Wait, are they actually, they're, they're actually forcing you to do that. I mean, it's been a rule for the entire Unbound that people just ignore, but I, they're making a big deal about it this year. Like, they're posting about it, and they're, yeah. It's just so ridiculous, though, because they're getting so much traction out of all of this, like, aero talk, and everyone's, like, fine-tuning their aero position. Like, why are they going to do that? Like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, what, what do you think they should have instead? Like, the kind of numbers that they have in road races? Yeah, like, put it on the back of your freaking seat post or something like they do on road races yeah yeah put it on your helmet like a triathlon or like a swiss mountain bike race where you just got that sticker on the front of your helmet you know Mm -hmm. back to the aero socks (laughs) 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 no uh carrie was rocking them last week at tse and like as soon as he pulled up to the start line everyone just instant roasted him like there was no hesitation so i think you do lose like you may gain some lifetime points but you lose style points some lifetime <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're working your way up in the yeah. in the ranks but yeah street cred is definitely taking a hit <laughs> yeah this okay. guy should also you know what this guy should also do is he should like get a sharpie marker and just draw all over his his whatever arm carry has all tatted up he needs to just like draw fucking goofy images all over his arm <laughs> i meant to i meant to ask carry about it but he had like a cake with a dynamite stick on his arm which i'm pretty sure is new hold on dylan show the camera your shark shark to or no, whatever they, it is. they've seen it they've seen it yeah so <laughs> it's also the pot calling the kettle black yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do you think Harry uses bike flights to ship his bike? And if he doesn't, what does that say about his faith in his sponsor? Uh, I can <laughs> say that. Well, I, can I know for a fact he drove up here from Arkansas with the bike in the back of the bike flights van. So is that still <laughs> technically using bike flights? Well, he shipped his bikes to my house. Uh, there were two with big bike boxes. Flights? Yes, with bike flies occupying my oh, cool. uh, occupying my garage. So, from time to time, nice. <laughs> hmm. case has been solved. Huh? Yep. Do why, does this, why does this person assume that Carrie doesn't use bike flights? I don't know, man. They they whoever this is, they 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 definitely just like trolling Carrie for some reason. All right, that's cool. Is it dread? Yeah. it's either drill or mark miles do do pros wear road suits on gravel yes are companies making gravel (laughs) are companies making gravel specific clothing yes Uh, Yes. yeah i would say so like the cargo bibs have to be like 
probably kind of stemmed from gravel, maybe mountain biking. Dude, also the amount of gravel-specific shoes that companies have. It's like a gravel shoe is just a mountain bike shoe, you know? I mean, that's pretty much what it is, is all gravel stuff is just mountain bike stuff. It's just, it's all the mountain bike stuff that, like, you know, like, like XC is such a niche part of mountain biking that they, like, way overmade all of their XC stuff. And they're like, well, shit, now we got to, like, find something to do with all this overstock. So they just, like, relabel it as gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then he says, is there any advantage to cargo bibs? Yes. Store your snacks. I also think, I, also, I usually use the cargo bibs to, like, put my trash in. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome for that. Good, good use for that. Because, like, it, they're a little bit harder to get stuff out of than your back pocket, I think. So it's, like, kind of risky to put, like, your gels in there because then you could, like, lose one. Especially but, if you're on, like, chunky stuff and kind of, like, oh, corner real quick or pothole comes up. It's easier just to have your hand, like, near the bars than doing some gymnastics <laughs> so you don't litter. <laughs> and from a distance, it makes your quads look real popping. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you put like ice packs in, in each side, they're like really Yeah, dude, that's yeah. cooling and you know what Dylan does? You know how girls will put like those chicken cutlets in their bra? <laughs> Dylan puts those in the little side pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's stuffing his quads. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Alright, this is the last question. Since Adam Roberge has been successful with the nutrition plan of Will Farrell's elf. <laughs> Should we all default to mainlining high fructose corn syrup and sodium? What? I don't think that's what he does. He drinks maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not high fructose corn syrup. He's He's got the good shit. Well, so yeah, I can attest to that because last year at the BWR Michigan, I mean, I commute and I'll do maple syrup and honey. And we were having a conversation last night that like over a month long time, it screwed my gut up just way too much of one sugar. Uh, but the BWR Michigan, I rocked a water bottle with it, and it was awesome for about five hours. And then I had, like, the – yeah, I, I was sitting there farting like crazy, like, no, this isn't good. Needed some other, f- like, fuel just to mix it up. So I think, like, short-term, cool, but long-term, it might not be the best. But I guess if it works for him, he's obviously got some results out of it. But, yeah, you got to get the real stuff, too. You ain't buying the Aunt Jemima's – like you go to Vermont, you go up north, and then or Canada, and yeah, uh, his is probably Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes to the he imports it from the states. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Canadian gods would spite him if he uh, if he was using Vermont maple syrup for sure. Think, is there like a beef between Canadian and Vermont maple syrup brands? I would say it's, sure. it's probably more so between Vermont and Canadian maple syrup than the other way around, because Canadians are kind of too nice to have beef with anyone. <laughs> Dude, yeah. so, people... Well, you say that, but there's a lot of drama. Dude, I, saw, Adam, I, like, saw, <laughs> I saw a couple comments like, that's crazy that there's drama with Adam, like, he's Canadian, right? Like, that's... it's a, They're making a joke, right? The joke is that he's so nice because he's Canadian. And I will say that he's a super nice guy, and he's Canadian. It's more so that he... <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's more so that other people are creating drama around him. Yeah. Well, Ian Boswell is from Vermont, so hey, maybe there is some drama there between. Oh, dude! Oh, it all goes back to the maple syrup, like deep down. Yeah. What did I just say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll ask both of them this weekend. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ted's doing the XL too, so maybe I'll get Ted's input because he kind of has a maple syrup company. So true. yeah, it's true. Yeah, so he might be a little biased, but if if he's a true maple syrup connoisseur, he should give a real answer. Yeah. <laughs> maybe um, Ted's hydration pack is just loaded with maple syrup. Yeah, he's got two liters of pure grade A maple syrup. <laughs> and you know how like some gels will be thicker than others? Like if he wants to thicken it up, he just puts a little pancake powder in there. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Just powdered sugar. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's wrap it there. Alright. Dylan, you got any any last minute predictions for yourself? For my own race? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think last time Daniel asked what my prediction for my Sea Otter result was going to be, and I just said that I wanted to improve, and then I totally did not improve on my last year's result at all. So, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a cop-out answer. So I want to I want to win the race. That's also kind of a cop-out answer. Yeah. Is it? That's <laughs> not a cop-out answer. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's not a possibility. Wow. It, like, you should you know, have a lot of faith in me. I appreciate that, <laughs> I, Dylan. I have a lot of faith in the, uh, the 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 Kansas Narnar if it gets super super muddy. All right, Dylan. You should do what you did at Gravel Locos, but just like slightly better. You know. Yeah. All right. It's yeah, bad. you like almost won that race. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I won't be helping him this year, so I mean he's got that working against him. <laughs> you won't be shackling him to uh consistent speed. That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right, la- last prediction. Dylan, if if conditions are are not like total havoc, do you mm-hmm. think sub nine hours for the the winning time is is attainable? Uh, two reasons why I think the answer is no. Um, one, I think that it will actually be hotter this year than it was last year. Uh, last mm. year, the race was in, it didn't even get to the eighties. It was in the low seventies most of the day, which is perfect. I mean, that's like perfect temperatures. The conditions weren't perfect cause it was raining, but as far as temperatures go, that's, that's pretty ideal. I mean, it could be yeah. a little colder, I guess, but, um, and the heat, dude, the heat, the heat will take 40 watts away from your, your 10 hour power at least. Um, it's going to be hotter, which means the power, the power output from the front group is not going to be as high. And then also they took away arrow bars. So I don't think it's going to go sub nine. Logan, any, you think it'll go sub like course record? No. I don't think, think it'll, it'll be, I don't think it'll think be faster it'll be than last year. I, I th- yeah. it, it'll be sub ten for sure. Which I know, like they did nine twenty something last year. So me saying sub tw- ten sounds crazy. But before last year, they'd only gone sub ten. One one person had gone sub ten ever in the history of the race. So yeah, um, they'll be sub ten. But I don't think course records going down. Okay, Logan, any predictions for the uh, for the three fifty? Uh, no. 
<laughs> It'll be a fun time. It's going to be a long day. That's what I think. Just, uh, that one, it's kind of a loaded question, right? Because just like the 200, there's so many opportunities for flats and mechanicals and just savage things, to, like weather, everything. But you're doubling that. So it's yeah. like, I think it's going to be pretty fast again. But... And then with the bigger group of people also, like I said, I don't really know everyone's stats or anything, not into that, but I feel like it's going to be a lot more pack racing. So that's going to increase the speed. There's going to be a lot more tactics to it. Uh, gas station stops. That's going to be like the big talk of the town. I think, whereas who's running in and just throwing money down and running out and like, who's like, I'm going to stop or I'm going to go. And I guess that all depends on like how big of a group you're in. Cause if you go skip a station when you're solo and there's five guys behind you, they're going to catch you. Yeah. But if it's like you and one other guy and you skip one kind of force him to, I don't know. There, there'll be a lot of dynamics of how it plays out. Who's first to the cash register. Interesting tactics. Well, I don't even think that's a thing anymore. Like I really? think people just throw, yeah, they bring in like 30 bucks and they're like, well, three cliff bars and a gallon of water, I, this covers it, and they throw it down, which is kind of, if there was ever a rule, I almost wish, like, you have to fully cash out. Because, like, someone's got to take inventory on that, right? Like, yeah. you're just wreaking havoc. Imagine you're a poor gas station worker, first week on the job, and 20 <laughs> cyclists run in and just ransack the place and throw a bunch <laughs> of money at you. And then your boss is pissed because they're like, well, where did all this money come from? Like checking out at the end of the day i don't know but i think it would be a cool rule to have you think, like you think the gas stations on course expect that though i don't know i but, doubt it is that yeah, thing, it, is, okay is it technically illegal to run into a gas station pick up ten dollars worth of stuff and then just throw thirty dollars at the cash register and leave as long as you without have, without checking out uh, like how would that be legal what that's not, why would that be illegal? You paid for it. Well, I guess you paid for it, but you didn't check out. You literally just threw a $30, like $30 at the cash register and oh. then you ran out of the store. Like you didn't Without check out. Without you're saying? What? Without letting them even ring it up? No, they didn't ring it up. Like you grabbed $10 worth of stuff in 10 seconds and then you threw $30 at the cash register and then you ran out of the store. Is that legal? I don't know. I feel like that's going to, I think you just created the next like TikTok challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I created the next gravel controversy. Well, honestly, like I think this will be if the three or any ultras start getting more and more competitive like this, that's definitely a big thing. I don't mean like legal in the race. I mean, legal in the state of Kansas. To get shot. (laughs) (laughs) To just like run in like you're about to steal stuff and then just last minute throw a $20 bill at the the dude working the register and then run out of the store. I have a follow-up question unrelated to the the cash register thing. Uh, Logan, who has has priority for the Bluetooth speaker like when you guys are all riding in a pack? Do you guys like make a playlist together before you start and – just There's like a Bluetooth speaker. I just assume that you guys are all riding for 18 hours and you were, you were talking about just like party pacing it earlier in the 350. So I assumed everybody just has a Bluetooth speaker. Dude, it's not going to be party. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So if you, if you're in a gravel race and you've got a speaker, I feel like 
Is that not the same thing as like walking into the gym with a speaker when everybody else has headphones in? Like you're making all of us listen to your music. Dylan or- would just be blaring country music. <laughs> <laughs> or going on a hike and you're in nature and some dude comes walking past with a speaker like yeah it's the same thing yeah <laughs> well that's like the ultimate thing too is like if you're in a group of dudes sometimes it's nice to not have music going like i'm i'm a big fan of riding with headphones but <laughs> when you're with a group of people it sucks because it's like hey i gotta pee no one heard that <laughs> or like oh your tire's running low well i didn't get the memo because i was listening to music but if you're alone it's a different story you know know, sometimes it's nice you know i was doing a hundred mile mountain bike race one time and i was in the lead group of three riders and the 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 dude leading was actually josh testato and josh testato always races with headphones Mm -hmm. and he he missed a turn yeah he missed a turn and then we started yelling at him we're like josh 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 you missed the turn you missed the turn singing his songs hear us yeah and he just kept going and we're like well i mean we yelled so i guess sucks for him (laughs) well even like garmin notifications that's a thing like i have my screen usually blanked out because i could care less what i'm doing but like you'll miss a corner and then you won't notice it because you didn't hear the chime Mm-hmm. and then you're a mile down the road and you're like oh this was sick you know by the time it comes up or out here too it's kind of tricky because the gpx files don't necessarily have all the corners like it doesn't tell you to turn sometimes because it's just like oh we plotted the route like a quarter mile before the turn and a quarter mile after so it just thinks like oh it's a round bend yeah. necessarily not an intersection yeah um I don't know. Yeah, but long story short, I guess whoever brought the Bluetooth gets priority. And then from there, whoever has the best music. Because if you're chilling with a group of dudes, you got to agree. Unless that's like mental warfare where you just put on (laughs) some like Beethoven or something. You're like, let's get amped up, guys. Just Carly Rae Jepsen, call me maybe on repeat for like oh, as yeah. long as yeah. possible. Ed Sheeran, dude. Just Ed Sheeran for 18 hours. Eddie boy. <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it'll be it, good luck to you both. It'll be interesting to follow along. I don't know how you do, do the 350. Man, I don't know how you guys do that without like sleeping. I think that's like the biggest holdup for me for doing any like type of longer race is just the lack of sleep. Uh, well, you do sleep. So. You just do it after the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just taking a, a little break. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you get used to that stuff. You you say it's tough, but it kind of goes back to the old, like, marathon thing like we were talking earlier. Like, you just get it done. Now, the people that you're doing it for 48 hours, that's a different story. Yeah. But, like, yeah, if you know I'm going to get it done within 24 hours, it's like, yeah, you're good. And a lot of caffeine. Coffee. Coffee's your buddy. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, Should we wrap it? Yeah. Good luck, yep. guys. See you, boys. See you. Sounds good. Thanks for coming on, Logan. Yeah, no problem. All right. Later.